same old trouble Villains always knocking at the door Pretty pictures on the page But nothing ever stays the same Thank you, Vandello, and welcome once again to Graphically Novel. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fury, and with me is my super crook, uh, Ooh, yeah, I can go for that. Yeah, yeah. my electro man. Ooh, that's fair. Does that mean I just zap the shit out of a mess of people in a swimming pool? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and with us, as always, the lovely and talented, our Baroness, our uh, birthday girl, birthday girl episode Ooh. today. <laughs> Here's Jen. Thank you very much, and thank you for the birthday wishes. Um, it is my pleasure to introduce a returning guest and a dear, dear friend, Mr. J.R. Killian Green. Welcome. Hello, hello. Yes, How is everyone? Back. Thank Hi. you. Last time was Lock and Key, which I was, you know, deeply um, <laughs> familiar with. And this is a one that I learned all about as we went. So. Right? I, uh, I need to give you a quick update for Lock and Key. Uh, we are only barely scratching the surface of the new season of season two because of all the crap that we watch both for this show and everything else for some reason lock and key makes jen so tense that it the, does. the but, entirety of her neck and shoulders like is like yeah. and so we have to we have to have her good and relaxed before we can start any episode well, all, all I'm gonna ask is like, so Lock and Key makes you sense, but brand new cherry flavor didn't because that was right. Yeah, a no. wild experience. By the way, one of the best uh, horror I shows I've watched agree. in a long time. Oh, yeah. I agree. So it's different because brand new cherry flavor is just wacky. Yeah. You know, it's just so bizarre, and you know, it, I don't know what it is about that that doesn't make Lock and Key is just like so, uh i hate to say it it's so slowly paced but you it know is. you know the bad things are happening the direction that it's Thanks, going yeah. joe hill yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's that that is that is very true and and as a joe hill fan even yes. his writing like yes. you know even his short stories which are short um he'll he'll pace in such a way that you're like just just drop the just hammer would it. you yeah. <laughs> well for for jen for christmas this year um I was, one of the things i was getting jen is there was a deal on amc plus which also has to be uh america as part of its thing so i was like oh, okay and they had a deal and i did not read the fine print uh and so i signed up for two years uh, beautiful paid all up in front it's fine uh, it's but okay. yeah it's fine it's you know that's cool we have I it for two it years yeah um but one of the things i noticed going through there is they have the nostratu show uh from joe hill yeah is on there so oh i didn't know that oh yeah. i'm super stoked yeah so yeah. uh we're gonna have to check that I haven't out watched that yet and i love joe hill and i haven't watched yeah. that one yet so who the hell knows well time for you to visit and binge we'll just, time yeah, yeah we'll, that's we'll true there you go uh so anyway we are here today to talk about jupiter's legacy and uh, Bear, I'm gonna kind of not to be confused with Jupiter ascending, which was awful, <laughs> which is very different. Indeed, yeah. it was. It was awful. There you go. Yeah, Bear um, and I are best friends, by the way. <laughs> I am going to to hand hosting duties over to Bear because oh. this is kind of his baby. I've been loving this this series ever since I saw the the trailer on Netflix. I was just like, this looks absolutely amazing. And why wouldn't anybody want to watch this? And immediately jumped on this. Was just like Josh. Josh, this has got to go on the list. 
We gotta watch this, Josh. And I was like, is this even a comic? And you're like, let me find out. <laughs> Boom, Wikipedia link. Yes. Mark Miller. We've done Mark Miller, right? We have. Uh, in fact, Mark Miller is uh, our Kingsman uh, writer. And then on the Rec Conversation side, we have done our very first episode was Civil War, which was written by him. And uh, as, as we talked about a little bit before the show with JR, um, this man's all over the board when it comes to what he writes. Yeah. Well, but that makes sense to me now. Like Jupiter's legacy makes more sense to me now that you've connected those dots. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> A clue. So Barry, you were uh, you were extremely excited uh, that it was coming out. You binged the shit out of it and then immediately, like the first oh. weekend it popped up, I was like, boom, done. Yeah. And before it was on a list for our show, you were like, guys, you need to watch this. Guys, you need and okay, I, I need to give a little background. You are not the person that pushes shows. No. I am not. the person yes. that pushes shows usually when we watch <laughs> something and I'm like, Bear, you see this because it's amazing. So it's very rare for you to be like, watch this. No, seriously. Have you watched this yet? Yes. I saw you three days ago. Have you watched have you three this yet? <laughs> usually you're the one that's looking at me. It's just like, have you seen the new episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier? Yeah. I was like, no, I was going to get to No, you got to watch this. This is great. You know? And so we had a lovely evening. We, as we've said on the show, we very rarely binge. Um, we watch one, maybe two episodes. If we, if we, you know, Jen that's, is starting to get fault. more into the binge. Like yeah. our, our, current watch of doom patrol she was like one more one more for season three um but brendan frazier i mean come on yes um oh, but it's the whole cast yeah, yeah. but we cast. just uh put in a nice gazebo in the backyard we had a tv out there we got some charcuterie we got some wine and we just were like okay well of the things that we're watching because i think that was even a wrestling night and we were like okay well We'll watch this and then we'll go watch wrestling. We did not watch wrestling that night. You you did not watch wrestling? We did not no. watch wrestling that night. See, that's how good it was, people. Yes. Josh did not watch wrestling. Yes. <laughs> uh and see, I don't know what days are. So um to yeah. me, the the advent of streaming was ideal because as JR can attest, because he used to be part of my TV party. When, when you had to watch a show when it was on. Oh, yes, kids. <laughs> Those of you that are listening to us now. Um, so You used to only be able to watch a show on a certain day of the week. Right. And Once then a week. If you didn't see it then, you, it didn't, was gone forever. you didn't get to see it. So yeah. streaming is like my ideal thing. But it also kind of adds to the miasma of difficulty in what day it is. <laughs> because I'm just like, I don't care what day. It makes me feel like a queen. I can be like, I want to watch this thing. Yeah. What and do you she, mean it hasn't come out yet? Right. And she's very <laughs> upset. On Monday, she's like, I would like to watch The Mess Singer. And I'm like, well, that comes out on Wednesday. And she's like, that's bullshit. Defy unto thee. <laughs> uh, so, uh, JR, we threw this at you with you never rate reading the comic or watching no. the show. No. It just seemed like a JR episode, kind of. Which one did you do first? Did you? I started, the, oh, I did both at the same time. I started Ooh. the television show and was about halfway through and was like, oh my God, I haven't read this yet. Um, and, and, and it's this week. So I crammed in reading it and I finished it last night. So I was like watching episodes and going back and forth between the two. And I almost wrote, I finished it last night early in the morning and I almost wrote Josh and said, <laughs> yeah. did you send me the right comic? Cause this right? is so, what is happening here? So different. Yeah. It's so different. Uh, 
I mean, it's got some similar story points, but it is very, very different. I, they kind of got, um, we kind of got an umbrella academy syndrome yeah. going on where yeah, yeah. the stories were kind of got to the same point eventually, kind of, but yeah. like the the comic book just went like, oh, boom, we're there. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot quicker. Um, well, and speaking also, of the Umbrella Academy, I think that the, I mean, probably controversial, but I think the show does an infinitely better job of getting characters developed because yes. they have time to do it. Yes. And like in, in the comics, it's like snap your fingers and you're like through like three plot lines. And I'm like, just, just under, yeah, yeah. Umbrella Academy is like, understand this is the character. And we'll right. give you some clues, context clues as you see them make decisions, but we're not going to give you any development beyond that. Right. Um, well, and I love the show probably more than I should, but like it's one of my favorite shows. So I agree. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, so yeah, like I said, we watched it real quick uh, <laughs> in two days, actually, two different sittings, uh, which is unreal for us. Um, this is part, part for the course it's, for me, but right. It's, it's me. Let's be fair. It's yeah. not you. You could sit down and watch the entire show. It's me. It's true. Um, I will say the thing that I noticed about the comic, and again, we don't do spoilers on the show for the comic. We allude to things, and this is not much of a spoiler. The motivations are very different, and the relationships are very different. So. Weirdly so. Yeah. Um, because in the show, uh, which we'll give full spoilers for, um, Brandon is the catalyst. Brandon killing uh, Blackstar, supposedly. As it becomes a mystery point of it, um, is what kicks everything off because in the code there is you do not kill. Um, the code you do not kill part of the comic really doesn't come in for quite some time. It is the we don't get involved in politics, which the, they tie. The, yeah, is the high point. Right, the which comic. they yeah. they tie into. We need to go to President Obama and stop the Great uh, uh, Recession. Like, which mm. is a weird choice. It yeah. did not age well, really. No, it did no, not. No, it age did well. not. No. They did not. Um, and I mean, to add to that, not spoiling the, the, I guess, the comic, some of these characters, like, they are completely different. Like, I was yes. like, who are you? Right. Um, between the two. And uh, for example, I wrote a text to everyone yesterday and was like, I have absolutely no sympathy for Chloe in the yeah. show. And then I read the, the comic and was like, this is a completely different person. Yeah. Like an yeah. absolutely completely different person. I understand her here. Yeah. Um, this makes a lot more sense. But I did feel like they were trying to go there with Chloe in the show, but they yes. just didn't, they were not successful. Yeah. They were not. We had the episode where, you know, she's, her, her father is sitting there and they're both sitting at the, her kitchen table and they're having this conversation about, listen, it's, we always end up getting into a fight. And, you know, I have to be me and you have to be you. And until one of us decides to not be, we're just going to fight. Yeah. The show depended on you. Okay. I'm trying to, I'm trying to structure this in my mind because I have the thought and I'm just going to say it right ahead. And then if we need explanation, I'll go into it. Chloe is Chloe Kardashian. Uh, the whole idea is fame and being under that, that, umbrella and that is the way that chloe is the way that she is is she's a kardashian basically well time out i'm gonna interject that and i can't believe i'm going to say this but chloe kardashian is not as self-destructive as chloe chloe jupiter's legacy is chloe samson right yeah chloe samson yeah 
So yes, I see that, but I feel like Khloe Kardashian isn't just like, I feel like there's a plan there. For right. Chloe Sampson from Jupiter's Legacy, it's just like, this is what I'm doing because this is what I can do. Well, I mean, and if if I, in the, the myriad of things that once I get a programmable tattoo that I just change on whim, one of the things that I will walk around with is, uh, is the words, uh, everything I know about the Kardashians, uh, I learned against my will. Uh, but <laughs> early, like, it's the idea of the spotlight being on you from a young age. The show dealt a lot more with celebrity, yeah. uh, superhero yeah. as celebrity. Yeah. And that is what Chloe's meant. She is the vehicle to which we are supposed to see the daughter of a superhero. Brandon, I mean, you see the expectations part of it, mm-hmm. of somebody that actually gives a shit about what his father says, and in fact, models his entire life around what his father says. Right. Chloe is meant to be the opposite of that. And it's very different than the comic. Because Brandon oh, is absolutely trying... 100% the, yeah. different than the comic. And and Brandon, Brandon in the show doesn't get a lot of time um, no. for a while. He's yeah. like, and uh, and lest you forget, Brandon exists. Um, here is a scene with him, right? right. And You remember he's um, the reason that all of this is happening? Right. Remember uh, anyone? Anyone yeah. here remember this? Um, I also will say, and it's probably uh, because I um, was, you know, just reading and watching at the same time. I got to the end of one of the episodes and was like, "What funeral are they going to?" That's how um, scattered, in mm. some ways, yeah. I, I felt about things. And so I was like, I, "I need to go back and watch that battle scene all over again." Because right. Oh, oh, okay. This people what, died, and he didn't even realize really. That he didn't even died. realize yeah. it. Okie doke. Um, but you know, the Chloe in the show felt very poor little rich girl to me, right? And I couldn't handle it after a while because she had that that scene between her and her father at the dinner at the breakfast table, like you know when he comes by to visit her at the apartment. That one made a lot of sense. And I was like, okay, so we're gonna have some character sh- shift here. We're gonna see something, you know, start to move in her head, and it didn't for the longest time. And I was like, well, do you feel like they kind of took Brandon? And okay, this is a little tiny spoiler for the comic. Brandon's character in the comic. And switch that to Chloe. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, they're both fuck ups. Well, they are, but in the comic, the whole Chloe on the TV show is basically Brandon. Yes, it's true. And Brandon is more of the substance use. I mean, not really, but like he's he's definitely you know when you see Chloe at a party in the comic, it's very different than Brandon at you know, partying it up and he feels super easy. I mean, he is super easy to manipulate and all this other kind of stuff. And I think that's one of my interesting, I don't know if complaints the right word, but confusion in the comic is that Brandon goes from sun to like down this dark alley in like a snap of your fingers in the comic. Yeah. And in the, and in the show, everything happens faster in the comic. Well, I mean, it's without wild really, fast. Yeah, wild fast and not like Brandon's actions in the comic, and I'm not going to go into it, but like the extreme that it goes yeah. to, there is no basis. Yeah, he went from zero to psychopath real, real fast. Yeah. Right. Well, and and I mean, this probably is a little bit of a spoiler, but 
um, the moment is, is, is his uncle whispers in his ear, like poison words. Yeah. And then suddenly Brandon is ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the, in, like in a heartbeat and maybe it's because of like mental manipulation, but that's never like drawn in. So how would you know? So, but it's like zero to yes, to sociopath in seconds. And I'm like, hold please. Um, well, and I wonder, what is happening? I wonder if that's intentional because um, Brandon's father cannot be mentally manipulated by his brother, Brandon's uncle. Yeah, right. And I wonder if that's like, a if that's that a, was passed down. Right, or... or if that's supposed to be a seed of doubt. Like, is this Brandon actually just being a fucking psychopath? Or is this, are we seeing proof that he does not have that ability from his father? Right. Yeah, that could be it. Um, of course, we also see everybody having way more powers in yeah. the comic book too yeah. than they did in in the TV show because like Utopian has just powers left and right. Yeah. Well, in the in the in the comic, I got you know I was <laughs> I couldn't track him. Um, I mean, I was like, okay, so he's got super strength and he's got eye stuff and maybe tell where did and telekinesis show up here super and hearing like super and, hearing yeah. and. And in the show, they have all of those Superman-like qualities, right? Because it's right. obviously mm-hmm. a, a parallel. Right. Um, but it felt, I was like, okay, I understand your power list. And in the comic, I was like, I, I don't, I don't understand, like, what your, what your power list. And especially with Brandon, because Brandon barely uses any before he's... I see that as Brandon is still discovering his powers and things are still, like, kind of unlocking for him. Um, I, I, there's, there's no way, well, Bear might've seen it, but I, I, uh, I, I kind of compared it to Sky High, which was a, I love Sky High. I was a while ago. Let's just get on it. Sky, Sky High is one of my favorite movies of this nature. Right. But there's a scene in that that's, I didn't know you could fly. And the guy goes, neither did I. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that also the one of the. The girl whose only superpower is to turn into a hamster. Yes. Okay, yes. yep. Then I have yes. and Bruce Campbell's in it. Uh two members of uh Kids in the Hall are in it. it is Linda Russell, Linda Russell Carter's in it. it. Yeah. Linda it Carter's is, in it. It is fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. And like uh, everyone at the school sort of has discovered their their stuff, but like the son of the most powerful yes, superheroes has not. Has not um and discovers them as they get it's just a great if you haven't if you have audience, if you haven't Plus, seen it like just do it pop on sky high it is it is at the beginning you're going to be like this is a disney channel because it was it was a disney channel movie no it was a it was not a disney channel it was in theaters i went saw it in theaters really yeah it was in theaters and it starts off in that very disney channel way where you're like okay everything's cheerful and blah blah blah. right and then it turns into a really well done superhero story and and if you are like a B B movie actor fan, uh, hold on to your butts because, like, <laughs> the entire staff of this school. By the way, yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you. Uh, the entire like staff of this school is like Bruce Campbell and Dave Foley, and like they, they show up and they own their scenes. Like, I still love to to yell at people. Side kick, side uh, kick. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I mean, getting off of Sky High uh, and back to Jupiter's Legacy, which is a very different uh, very thing. Different piece. Yeah. Um, I want to 
I want to make sure that we talk about the code because at the very center of why I adored this show was the code and the idea that sometimes bitches gotta die. Um, you know, we talked about it in the in the Batman episode that we did about how many lives can Bruce save by just killing the Joker or letting the Joker die in some areas. Um, oh, but I have opinions about that. Like yeah. so many opinions yeah. about that. <laughs> um, like so many, so many opinions with, with, you know, you know, footnote this and then put it, you know, to get us back on track. The reason that I don't think the reason that Bruce, Bruce doesn't kill Joker, not because he has a code about killing the Joker, because without the Joker, he doesn't exist. Here so absolutely. Yeah. And so that's, that's the, that's the problem. And, and really Gotham could be saved if Bruce got fucking goddamn therapy and then gave half of his money away. There you are. Right. Like, but, but no, 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 no. Let me, I will, I will get off of my uh, anti-Batman uh, soapbox okay. and continue back. <laughs> well, then let's jump on a, on a Superman soapbox and say, say yes. yes. Is the Utopian a better Superman than Superman? Well, possibly because the Utopian started out as a human and understood. Actually was a human was and actually human. had human frailties. Right. right. And understood them and actually saw other humans being terrible and ch- made choices based on that as a human before he got right other than what people superman fans will say is that well clark he was uh, a human like in this issue for a week no (laughs) no no. yeah great that's awesome no i i mean i i will i will push back a little because i am a i am a superman fan but i think the the times when superman is best drawn or best done is when he is sort of separated a little bit from that um I am just now reading Up in the Sky, which I think is a fantastic one. Um, his, uh, when they redid Action Comics and he was a college kid, um, that section where he was struggling as like a, a starving artist, starving journalist and sort of like living in that world. Very different Superman style and it was really, really well done. But I agree with you. The Utopian is coming at it from a very different angle of right. if we do this, what happens next? Well, also, I, I think it's important to note because both, both, well, the comic actually points it out more, but it all, it was brought up in the show, is the utopian completely put his faith in these aliens that gave them the powers, and he believes that what he wants to do is the will of the aliens without questioning why. Oh, so we have the evangelical... Christians. Yeah. I think that's an interesting correlation. For more on this, pick up <laughs> Invincible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. there's no there's no discourse about like, okay, we've been given these powers and we're doing these things, but what's the end game? Why? Right. Like, let's pull back and look at the bigger picture. Why did these aliens choose us? What is their goal? What was well, happening? Were, obviously, weren't the only ones that were chosen. Right. But they, they were, were just the, only the first ones, ones. Yeah, they were the first ones to succeed. Right, which doesn't at no. all. They don't. They mm-hmm. barely they don't explain it. They at barely all. gloss over the island and yeah. what happened there. <laughs> yeah, in the in the comics, they're like and island and aliens and we're done. And I was yeah, like, it was like Ta-da! four panels, I think, and that that was it. Yeah. Could we go back and talk about like the fact that you just put in some very you know sci-fi tall gray aliens in white robes and just sort of right 
that's what, it. What, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Like, so we're just gonna we're just gonna move on from here because we're gonna move it's on. not um, important. Um, yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, yes. It, it, I mean, the other the other question. I, I maybe I just missed something, which is very very possible. The other thing I I just had in the back of my mind is okay. So these people go to an island, and we now know about their children, right? This is this is this section, right? Right. Because but they we're are bouncing around. We're in bouncing both. around in both. There are so many other people yeah. with superpowers. Did this unleash something, or did everyone That's, go to this island? That was Absolutely. one of my main questions yeah. too. Absolutely, my question. So I was, so I was like, I, uh, okay, all right. I mean, like, I got all of the children one, but like, you meet uh, Nick in the in the show, and I'm like, where did you get yours? So this is where I'm going to bring up something that we just watched this morning because it was released. It really under the radar. There is an anime that was released on Netflix called Super Crooks. It is in the same universe as Jupiter's Legacy. And it really focuses more on the other side, on the supervillains. But at one point, the character gets powers. And is not really at one point. At the very beginning. We're talking first episode. But, and his mom, who is uh, a uh, woman of questionable morals. She is white trailer trash living in a... He doesn't know who his father is. Yeah. Because she has several men over. Right. And it is heavily implied that his father must have then had superpowers. But that doesn't make sense. The only four people, five people that went to the island got powers. Well, it was, I think, more like seven in this series. It's seven. I mean, yeah. it's it's Will and George and uh, the main character, whose Grace name is just complete. Yeah. yeah. Two or three other. I think it's a total of seven. But in both of them, if you look at the panel, there's like, in the comics, there's seven. And I, I think it's the same group of people in both. Um, Sheldon. Sheldon, yeah, Sheldon, Walter, Grace, Richard, Fitz, George, and Jack. Yeah, is the comic. Is the comic, and I think it's the I think it's the same group. I think I want to say it is. But well, yeah. um, but so potentially, what could happen is you know because some of them didn't you know didn't see eye to eye with the utopian whatever, but you know generations of people happen. And if you're not so moral or monogamous, there could be a shit ton of kids out there. That's right. true. Especially when you take uh, the best friend, mm-hmm. you know, Sky Fox, yeah. and just let him go run amok when he was already kind of a ladies' man right. to begin amok, with. Amok, and amok, now I'm just going to go sleep with all of these groupies. I I'm would sorry. like to. I would like it to be known that, like that, that. Uh, I mean, here's your, here's your uh, gay man on the other side of the of the of the world kind of person. I mean, Sky Fox could do all kinds of things to me. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> but it would not result. It would not result. Yeah. yeah. Um, we don't know. We don't know what superhero semen can do. <laughs> well, here's the here's the here's the here's the interesting thing about about Sky Fox in at least in the in the show, right? Which is going to go with in the show, um, is for those first four or five episodes, you know, you know, he loses his fortune and all this and all this other kind of stuff. He's his care for Sheldon is very deep. Yeah. And yeah. and there's this lovingness to him yeah. that um I really appreciate it, especially knowing that because they make the statement knowing that we're going to have a switch at some point in time mm-hmm. you know it's not it wasn't like he was always some kind of loose cannon that mm-hmm. 
went off and does kind of stuff. He had a very big heart, and I will I will give them that 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 you know one of your main villains is not just some nut job. It's really dealing with. Well, I almost got to the point where there was subtext that he was actually in love with Sheldon. Well, but I also got to the point where I'm like, is he really the villain? Like, how much of this, you know, and also, can I just, as a side note, say, every time I hear Sky Fox, I think, do a barrel roll. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on that. Yes. Thank you, my children. (laughs) Thank Um, you, your children. Yes. Um, But I always, like, once I understood the duplicity of brother, brother, what's his name? Uh, Walter. Walter, Walter, thank you. you. Once the duplicity was exposed in the TV show of what Walter was planning and doing, once we saw the end of the TV show, I was like, is Sky Fox really the villain here? Oh, I I absolutely did not believe it. I I believe that Sky Fox figured out that Walter was the bad guy and 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 he bailed. Right, but I think that because he loved Utopian, in a, in a platonic or romantic way, because right. I read it both ways. Right. Mm. It doesn't matter. You know, he just cared enough about the utopian. And he knew that he'd never turn against his brother. Right. So he bailed. Right. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Yeah, I think I think Sky Fox is a much more sympathetic. And mm-hmm. and, and then Walter comes in and, and uses that in, you know, the yeah. fact that he bailed to turn that, right. you know, turn to him into that the villain. narrative. Yeah. Right. Well, but it also is nice to see that Chloe is getting together with, like, like generationally, they're coming back together. Again. Right. You know what I yes. mean? Um, yeah. I, I just, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but on the past three episodes that we've done, I'm like, I am see, I have the, the woman who's seeing math in the air. Like, yeah, I see conspiracy theory. I see something. <laughs> I'm getting my superpower. You're getting your superpower. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I and and this is something that both the comic and the show too, although in the comic it's a panel. Right. Um Walter is Walter is clearly the manipulative one. Yeah. And in the in the in the show, you get that pretty early as a subtext thing. Like you can see yeah. what his opinions are and what his um motivations are and you're like i i have a feeling where this is going to go but they you know they let you ride with it for a while um in the comic it's two panels uh yeah yeah because again they just again boom well keep in mind this graphic novel is five issues so you know but there are multiple volumes there are there are there there are are multiple volumes right the tv show and the comic both kind of go over the same amount of material even though they diverge in, in major ways there is nothing that showed up in the first season of the show that would be out of scope of what we read if right. you're looking at these timelines yeah. and these storylines at the same right but you know going back to our uh comparison to umbrella academy i think it's it's the same idea it's like the tv show gave us so much more background on the character and also character motivations. You know, we the show gave you so much more basis in relationships and who the, the characters were, like why they make the choices they make. Um, you know, and I just didn't get that from the graphic novel. Well, and at the end of the of of the day, the show did a lot better job of 
showing um, because they're not even boomers. They're the greatest generation. The first generation of superheroes is everything is black and white. You do not kill. Mm-hmm. You do not get involved in politics. The code. In every way, Brandon and Chloe, Brandon is trying to follow that, you know, and showing that sometimes maybe killing isn't the worst thing in the world, you know, if you're trying to save other other people. Um, when you literally watch yes. the guy kill yeah. two other people, three other right. people. Um, right. Chloe, however, I felt was a really good example of the grit. She being a supervillain. She's, you know, um, exploring that whole thing. Chloe is holding to the code, by the way, the entire time. Brandon, who has followed the black and white, is the one that has not. Right. Um, But Chloe shows that, you know, you see the second generation villain, because he's, you know, his father was branded a villain. So by default, he kind of was. And then he just decided to go with it. Fine, fuck it. Um, but even the villains in this, they have their limits and they have they're, like they're in the gray area. They're in the gray area too. Well, so everything is pulling more towards the gray. And so the question is, is Sheldon and and uh especially Sheldon with his we are in the white, they are in the black. Is he fighting against the black or is he fighting against the gray? Yeah, I I well I Sheldon is in this show at least grace grace whom we haven't talked much about um grace is the tempering of the utopian right she tries to bring things into perspective for him in fact i love her character in the show i think that you know i wish there were more from her um but like right no i agree she's she's the one that sort of tries to put things in the focus form and i wonder if the utopian struggle is not just about the gray but about his own i mean it's in the title but his you know his own legacy and is he is is he needed um in that kind of way is he feeling obsolete is he feeling obsolete because you have all these other people who are doing all of these other things and the world is changing around him and I think he knows that some of his principles don't hold up the way that he wants them to. I think that Sheldon, Grace does a much better job of changing with the flow of time. Yes. Whereas Sheldon is anachronistic in a way that is starting to become damaging to those around him. Mm-hmm. Those those 1930s ideals, uh, you know, of, <laughs> well, let's get political again. You know, the, well, the idea of the, the pulling yourself back up by your bootstraps and right. he lost his father in, in Black Friday and all of this, or Black Thursday? It was Black Thursday? That Friday. Was the, Friday. Black Monday. It was Black Monday. Monday. Thank you. Black Monday with the stock market crash. But, you know, it's a utopia. Right. I mean, what is the definition of utopia? It's an unattainable ideal. Yes, I was about to say, and what happens to everything that tries to be a utopia? A dystopia. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, and I, you know, so in some ways, when I was reading it, when I was reading it especially, um, in some ways, I was like, oh, come on, Mark. We have tread these waters a thousand <laughs> times before. Um, the, I, I, I get you and the whole, like, um, we know really this new way of doing things is for the greater good and it has all fallen apart. And now we're in like a dictatorship. Like, I have been here before. And I sort of got that feeling a little bit in, in the show, but I felt like they were doing a much better job of nuancing the question yeah. um, and uh, allowing, like, 
allowing the characters to live into their problems, live into their questions in a in a much much richer way. And I will say this: so if you look and you and you read reviews um, of Jupiter's Legacy, it it did not it did not score well. But no. and a lot and but one of the things I think that that um, when I was watching it, uh, one of the things I I think did that is I have a feeling that people expected a lot more action, action, action inside of Jupiter's legacy when really it was about relationships and people yes. walk in yes. and it's about relationships with people who have superpowers instead of every show, every episode has a major fight has a major battle. Right. I fault that. Uh, I fault the trailers for that um, because very the trailers much so. were very much action, action, action. Yeah, it's going to be a superhero thing. Superheroes. Trailers really gave it a, gave it a Marvel feel. Yes. People walked in expecting that happy-go-lucky Marvel storyline, and they did not get it. I will make a prediction now that I think we're going to see the same thing with the current Hawkeye series. Because the Hawkeye series is about Clint's, at the core, it's about Clint's family and his relationships with Kate and with all these things going on. Yes, there are action pieces. Yeah. There are not nearly as many as you would think would be in there mm -hmm. um so i'm gonna uh, i will wonder if people are like you made me think about hawkeye uh well i think it's the same yeah. thing that happened with with eternals right and yes. yeah. one thousand percent agree yeah right and and i mean like i haven't even gotten to go and see eternals but i know like um leia and i are planning on like watching it together and when we were all, you know, Hollywood and all of us were talking about it, I was like, this is the, this is the Marvel show that I, like Marvel movie that I've been looking for. Thoughtful. Yes. Relationally oriented. Yes. So asking questions about philosophy. And people who were watching The Eternals were like, it's a little too thoughtful. And I'm like, that, shut up. Yes, like, that's please. what we came yeah. here Thank for. Thank you. So Jen and I went and saw it. Uh, and I think, fair you have I, I have not yeah. seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, last time oh. I got to see it was Shang-Chi. Okay. So we went and saw it and I was like, We'll see. This is not much like I went into Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, this is not something I'm excited about. Like, this is not a part of the Marvel universe. Whatever that. It's it's uh, essentially it is steeped in space Marvel, which is not my favorite. Um, yeah, I'm the opposite side. I love space. Yeah. Marvel, but... Um, but we went and saw Eternals and walked out going, I understand why this movie had to happen. There's a lot to unpack. To for the direction that they have to go. Because eventually you have to have the Fantastic Four and you have to have, you're really going to break the suspension disbelief on some of these things if you don't mm -hmm. prepare your audience for it. Um, and that's what Eternals was meant to do. And I, I also know why it did not do well. Because yes, it was a lot of thinking, a lot of very little, you know, action, uh, I mean, not very little can, action. Can they were... all fly together and form into a giant brain like they did in the What If comics? Yes. They still can. Yes. That's that probably an omni brain. That is actually an omni mind. That ah. is a thing that is, yeah. Um, however, you do get not only a breakdown in the team, a disagreement on which direction they should go. Um, and it's interesting that you brought up the question about Jupiter's legacy before, and I'm wondering if that inspired Jen you to ask that question, because it does have a lot to do with how they got there and, and what's going on. But uh, this is a minor spoiler for Eternals. I'm not going to say which character. One of the characters goes, you're both right, and I'm out, and dips. 
<laughs> like it's totally like this is this is an impossible choice. Mm-hmm. You can't ask me to do this. I'm just gonna go. Whoever wins, great. I'll be back later. I'll be back later. Sort this out. Right. Right. And I, you know, like. Which I have never seen in a superhero movie. And I was legitimately excited about. I'm like, that's amazing that you have that, you know, that that third option, which is not to choose. Right. What were you going to say, Jan? Well, uh. And that reminds me of Stephen Sondheim's Into the Woods, right? The, <laughs> right, the, yeah. right. Yeah. Like the, the Cinderella story, right? like when she's sitting on the steps of the palace. You know, the I, I'll, I know what my choice is, which is not to decide. Um, and we'll see what happens from here. But uh, side note: Eternals right now is being written by Karen Gillan, and I feel like um, if anyone was designed to write something philosophical like the Eternals, Kieran is the one to go with. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you see things like die and um yeah. Oh god, um Wicked and Divine, which mm-hmm. supposedly is going to get a show, and as soon as it does, <gasps> um show or movie. Uh, if if this is if this rumor happens to be true, I will expect not demand. Demand, not nay expect. Demand. demand, nay, demand that that I come back for that one because God, that one is good. But I have goosebumps right now. <laughs> I have, I have, um, I have this. You know, I think it's, I think it's sort of sad um, that uh, popular comic media, and it's not. This is not like a all oh, popular comic media is bad. We need to like that's not the statement I'm making. Well, man, yells at clown. Yeah, yeah, old man, old man yells at cloud, uh, which is half of my life. Uh, but <laughs> I think I think it's sort of sad that when a superhero media wants to explore those nebulous gray areas, people reject it. When if you read a lot of comics, um, especially a lot of the most beautiful comics that are out there, even if even in your major sets like DC or Marvel they're more willing to explore those things, right? They're, yeah. They go this direction. I mean, Bear and I have had this conversation before. It's my first time I was here. My favorite uh, DC character and possibly my favorite comic character, it depends on the day, is Constantine. And that is mm-hmm. all about the living gray. in that gray area and, and having a philosophical conversation about what is right and how do we get there. Right. Um, and, and do the ends justify the means is a huge topic because Constantine gets his friends killed all the time. Yeah, all the time. And then they haunt him. <laughs> they do haunt him. And I think that's one of the things I love about that is that he doesn't just get to, like, consequence-free. Oh, yeah, no. Like, he lives with the consequences of his actions yes. at all times. And, yes, and, he lives with, he understands that that's the consequence, but he does it anyway. anyway yeah. Because he has conviction about his choice. Well, and I... To bring it back to Jupiter's legacy, I wonder if ultimately that is Brandon and Chloe's story because Brandon's consequences are not internal. You know, at at the end of the day, Black Star is revived, like, or Black Star is found not to be Black Star. So, what did Brandon kill? Yeah. And was it really a life? And, you know, and it brings all of those questions because you're looking at, and how deep does Walter's manipulation go? Go and all these other things. But, but at the end of the day, what are Brandon's consequences? Chloe bears more consequences than Brandon does um, because everyone else is sharing Brandon's consequences. Chloe, Chloe has to stand alone. Right. 
with the exception of her her boyfriend, who I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But I mean, Hitch, yes. Hitch, yeah. and Hutch, 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 Hutch but Hutch chooses to stand beside her ultimately. Yeah, and in the and then the comics, Chloe and Hutch's relationship is once again it starts off exceptionally fast, but is very deep, and very rich, and very beautiful. Yes. Yes. Um, and in the show, I mean, like you're moving in that in it's that direction. There. It's getting there, but um, oh, it's another thing because I I never think of Hutch as like a supervillain or even a villain. I think of right. Hutch as a, a, a man of a man of uh, of of means like he does well, what needs to be done to survive like he's i said a man who lives in the gray area right yeah but but like i said he is he is given the moniker of supervillain because of who his father was right like it is it is guilt by association which a lot of that also happens in this so the legacy isn't just you know sheldon's it's what is the legacy of this entire new generation yeah Wait, have you thought about like why the kids are so young like why did the, the superheroes wait so long to have kids no and in fact uh so some of the stuff that i kind of read uh before this episode just to be like oh, what did the critics think what did, like one of the big questions is okay so sheldon and chloe waited uh you know 40 50, years 50 to bang. years yeah, yeah. To, to well to have kids right yeah uh which actually kind of makes sense because they were too busy being superheroes, whatever. But but they pretty much got together right after they got powers, the way right. I understand it. Right. right. But also, and those, those, so you know, why would early... Skyfox's kid be the same age? Why are all the kids? Well, I, what I'm trying to figure out is, you know? you know, like what we talked about earlier is where where did all the supervillains, they talk about they've been fighting supervillains or fighting crime or whatever for as long as they've had their powers for. Like what happened in the middle? Were they just like were they going out and making their own villains by randomly, you know, sleeping with anything? You know, that see that was Captain my point. Kirk, so Captain Kirking it yeah. or so new characters do pop up in Jupiter's Legacy, or I'm sorry, Jupiter's Circle, which is the sequel to this. There's a Jupiter's Legacy too. There is a whole series past this that I'm wondering if they answer those questions. Maybe. Well, also in. Correct me if I'm wrong because it's been a while since I've seen the TV show. But Walter didn't have kids in the show, right? He did. You don't he find did. out that yeah. he had a daughter until the very end, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. But okay, interesting. Yeah, because that's the, completely different. The, the, the Asian girl assassin yeah, yeah, that's yeah. also a yeah. uh, psychic, yeah. right? Yeah. Is his daughter, right? I forgot about. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, everything with everything with Walter is secret, 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 secret. And right. then it's not. Um, I had a thought and it's now, fl- it's now flown from my head and I will get back to it. <laughs> that's the, why I drink assuming. wine to glue them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, right. that's, yeah. yeah the alcohol glues thoughts to you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really, really it does. Um, I feel like I want to, and I don't know how to do this without spoiling too much, but I'm I'm going to do it. Uh, to go back to, to go back to Chloe. Chloe you know, in the show, I had this thought around episode three, where she discovers, and I don't know if they ever go into what the fuck this stuff was, um, but like she discovers like the blue cocaine. Yeah, yeah, the blue right? rock, the alien the blue rock. cocaine. Yeah, and I'm like, I was like, you must really, really have a bad life if the first thought that you have when you see something blue and powdery inside of a bag is snorted. I mean, what are you? It's like Keith Richards overtook her body. And like, this is... <laughs> it was and, very Heathers, though. I, it was very Heathers. The, she did the, the blue 
cocaine and then broke the glass table. Well, yeah. I, also, I also thought it was, it I, I mean, by the flash straight back to Lucy. Yeah. You know, where it's just like, oh, she's got a bag of blue rocks stuck inside her that slowly starts leaking and then she gets superpowers. Right. Right. I would just oh like to God, say that you, you can always you can always make a make a Heather's reference with me because I will enjoy every, I know. everybody. I know. Um, Barry, you can always make a Lucy reference with me because that's a great bad movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> the the but the thing about but Chloe has a similar scene in the in the comics, but Chloe gets it together in the comic yeah. fast, yeah. right? She gets it together fast. Now well, again, there, there is a precipitating, fast. yeah. yeah there's a lot more precipitating events to like sort of snap her into reality um, in the comic, which once again was, I, this is my biggest complaint that catalyst moment um, with Walter Mm -hmm. in the first issue. I think it's in the first issue, pretty sure it's in the first issue of that uh, graphic novel in that section is way too fast for me. Yeah. And when everything happened, like I was like, Oh, you, they almost lost me. Like yeah. almost lost me completely yeah. where I was like, I mean, I'm going to finish this because I have to. And it picked itself back up when you go into the um, meanwhile, a few years later with Chloe and yeah. associates. Yeah. Then I picked it back up and was like, OK, this is this is going somewhere. I'm willing yeah. to go with them on it. We, we had to tell a little bit of a story here to tell you the story we wanted to tell you over here later. In the right. Blog. So this was weird. So um, to go back to when we were talking about Spawn last episode this was an image comics yeah um image comics for some reason only gave millar five issues for this um and that's why everything's so fast right this is it for jupiter's legacy and it wasn't until jupiter's legacy was popular and they didn't even continue with jupiter's legacy they went to jupiter's circle which is a whole other you know, so you you already know that you lose readership. You already you know, unless people are really looking for or right. something that is or or following or whatever. Um, and that's really the the choice that boggles me as somebody that now for six seasons we've been going through comic books and and we kind of understand the basics of marketing and and all of these things that you know the comic book industry. You know, the fact that we didn't get to the comic book code until recently boggles me and that episode's coming yeah uh but be on the lookout yeah um five issues was that the greatest disservice that this had now that we've seen what what is it 10 episodes 10 hour-long episodes oh yeah give you yeah you know yeah and i think that that is at the core what we keep coming back to and what is unfortunately the shortcoming of this comic is everything is way too fast because it has to be right yeah because you only have like so five issues 30 pages per issue on an average comic yeah uh it's like 130 pages yeah it's it's, so it's even less than the 150 that i would have thought but oh no maybe it well because there were a lot of uh art pages yeah right 20 pages of art Um, right so is that the biggest yeah i mean i think that Millar is trying to trying to create an arc and I really like like okay so if we step back and just look conceptually at what Mm -hmm. his arc is and understand that he had a limited amount of time to try and create the world create the characters build the build the relationships and then that arc um you know I appreciate it 
And I also see how the TV show was able to be what it was because there are some good bones here, um, but it hits the dystopian part too fast. It way way too bad and too and hard. I just, yeah, I, too hard. I just I just hit you know while you were talking, I looked up, I opened up Comicsology and was like, okay, so give me a summary of what happens next, right? Like, mm-hmm. like give me an idea. And so they they've labeled it. They they when they when Image republished it, they labeled them all as Jupiter's Legacy. Oh, in graphic novels, so it's Jupiter's Legacy Volume One, Two, Three, and Four. Mm-hmm. But if you open it up, it says uh, collects Jupiter's um, Circle. Circle. Okay. Volumes one through six. Um, but like Jupiter's Circle, the the next one that comes up is all about them in the sixties. Mm. And then, or and then it's all about. So maybe that, that explains why it's that's when they decide to to have kids, or that's when they're starting to. If they have kids that are in their twenties when Obama is president, they did oh, not shit. have kids yeah, in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> well, they t- then they talk about one the the one after that is set one generation after the previous volume. American superheroes have all had children, and that's wow. and that's the one that like is the real backstory to what happened in the first one. And then volume four is the, um, Jupiter's legacy two, which is the continuation, the continuation. Now were these all written by Milan? Yeah, they all were. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is his baby much as, uh, okay. So I had to look this up because we also did the secret service. So we did Kingsman. Yeah. That was six issues. So think about... But it was the same. It really was the same. So many... Yeah, Yeah. well, but that's the thing, is the movie added a lot more characters. It added a lot more, like, interest. Like, added a lot more... The world. Yeah. It built the world better, I felt. And I think that that is... I mean, and because this is becoming such a recurring issue... Right. um, I think that comics writers have such a monumental task to come up with something that is not only stimulating and interesting to and new mm-hmm. to their reader base, but to be able to build an entire world and characters within the constraints they're given mm-hmm. as far as, you know, like you have five issues, you have six issues to do this. It's like, are you fucking insane? Yeah. Like they're creating entire worlds, whole plot. In like 130 pages. Right. 150 pages. Yeah. And, and then it's done. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you know, his my one of my favorites of his is Starlight, which is a seven a seven issue one. Um, so seven issues he gets a lot better. And in that one, it doesn't feel as fast. In those right. seven issues, he tells a very nice story and it doesn't feel as fast. But I think also he knew that he, I mean in, in some ways he knew that this was just going to be um, a nice one because also his the magic order is really cool but yeah you're right like he's he i can't imagine being told you have five issues to tell a portion of the story that much story yeah 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 I mean, which makes sense why 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 your origin portion of the show of the of the comic is so five short. panels long exactly and so and I, that's that's my point yeah. is i i don't want our listeners to feel like we're totally pushing the comics to the side and saying, oh, the show was so much better. The movie was so much better. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, the movie had the had the luxury yeah, there of are taking reasons. this base information, this fantastic creation that wasn't like, I feel like is like, you know, it's like you're telling an artist to like create a thing 
from your mind, but you only have a one by one foot by one foot canvas to do it. The, the right. reason that I, and I discussed this with Bear earlier uh, when, when he came over before the show, I do very sincerely believe that I would have adored this comic had I not seen the show beforehand. Yeah. I would have been yeah. excited about the show and ultimately the show would have would have ended up being being better for me and, right, and, and right. I would have enjoyed it more. But I would have placed my expectations and my enjoyment a lot higher had I not seen the same media done better. And this is where I'm going to get a lot of angry letters uh, because, yeah, because, right, because, because, right, because yeah, we get letters at all. Yeah, right, um, right, right. Your angry letters, too. <laughs> Because I feel the same way about Cow Cowboy Bebop right now. Um, okay. And I adored that anime. All 26 episodes and the movie, I watched them multiple times. And then the the one season of the live action came out. And I was like, well, this is so much more better. It's so much better. It's more cohesive. More better, more yes. gooder. It's more cohesive. The women have agency. It doesn't have any of the parts of anime that drive me fucking crazy. Well, can I, can you, I, you mean can you I didn't? It's not. You have yeah. no fan service, no cheesecake. Is that what you're? Right, is that right. what you're talking about? Especially with Faye. But I think that here's here's my thought because I've seen episodes of Cowboy Bebop. It was not something that I was really into the anime, um, and I I could see like glimmers of why it was popular, but it was not for me. Mm. It was I was not the audience for that that show. But what I feel like is someone who really loved the anime grew up. Mm -hmm. and said you know what would be really cool if we did it as a live action but i am a fully formed adult now right and i understand a lot of the problematic parts of the anime and i know how to fix it also 30 seconds of ed in the live action was too much for you oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah 30, 30 seconds of 30 seconds of ed is about right i I have not finished the Cowboy Bebop uh, main series and I, I live series and I also really liked the the anime and I what I've seen of it because um, I like the style I love the music oh, I just I've, I just I, yeah I have I watched just, the anime the all the way through at least a hundred times so not so I exaggerating just, I just watched a YouTube video because this is the kind of nerd that you've asked me to come in no all I, the I just kind of nerds um, I just well, watched a YouTube I video am. where where a, where a jazz artist analyzed uh, a, songs from the Cowboy Bebop um, thing, and it did some some deep dive into the the um, composer who never had any formal training. By Yoko the way, Kano and is, is fucking amazing. And that's where he was like, "This is this is the best big band I have heard, modern big band I have heard," and she just does it. Yeah, yeah. no, she just innately understands jazz but is yeah. that not i mean come on is that not the greats of jazz some yeah. of them were trained a lot of them were not like the people who were the breakout you know they did they were not jazz artists right they were musicians right had that was the different. that was the one part that i missed from well okay it, it got put in in different ways in the live action is in the anime Jet is a jazz nerd. Like there is a conversation that he has with Spike at one point in the anime where they're in an elevator and he tells him the story 
about how he had a dream where he had a conversation with Charlie Parker the night before. And Charlie Parker told him to go to a casino and place everything on a certain number. And that's where they are is in this elevator to go to a casino to do this because Charlie Parker told Jet to do it. <laughs> well, there is, I, there is a little bit in the live action yes. where Jet is with his partner. Partner and they're debating. They're talking yeah. about. They're talking, Jazz artists. But they're talking about. They're talking about Charlie, Charlie Parker. Parker. They're talking about Charlie Parker. <laughs> but to go back to go back to it with with the I've only I haven't really even gotten into the live action series very well, but I've watched some uh, anime people who I trust in terms of like analysis and their their um, vitriol about the live action series is is amazing. And I you know what I can't really even comment on that, but I think what's interesting is this is the. I'm with you, sort of. Umbrella Academy was was very similar for me, right? Like, I yeah. tried reading the comic and was like, I do not know where this person, like, this is this is a nightmare. Like, what, yeah. what the hell is happening? I see where and they're I watched going this, from, but I don't know why they're going there. Why they're going there. <laughs> right. And then I watched the show and was like, this is primo, amazing character development and, and yes. writing and music and soundtrack. I was like, this is perfect this is perfection i am i am very excited and i feel like jupiter jupiter's like it wasn't perfection but i feel like jupiter's legacy falls in that same thing i have i read them at the same time like i read and watched like yeah. back back and back back yeah. which is which is definitely something that nobody else nobody else on this panel did yeah, yeah. No. so um i think all of us watch the show and then read the comics so yeah. i'm really interested in this journey yeah. So I read, I watched the first four episodes of first two episodes of the um, show and then started reading the comic. And for a second, I was like, okay, so we're just, it's beat by beat, right? Like, here's this, here's the thing about Blackstar and here's Walter going into the, okay. So we're like, da, 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 da. And then it just shifted. And I was like, oh, is this what I have to look forward to in, is it going to go this off rails this fast in the show so i get back to the show and i'm watching like episode three episode four episode five and i'm like i sort of like this better um i sort of like where i i understand people's motivations more then i go back to the graphic novel and chloe's story kicks in and i was like i don't know i like this chloe better right so there were <laughs> aspects of both that really work mark's treatment of chloe in the comic is so good yeah so good agreed um, and her treatment in the show is, I mean, it's getting there, but it's not there together. His treatment of Brandon in the show is so good, but his treatment of Brandon in the comic is not. And it just, yeah. like, you yeah. can see these characters that he, like, writes almost completely differently. Even yeah. the utopian right. in the show, I understood where he was going, like, what he was saying, like, where he, like, I got him, especially well, when, and, he, when they when they drag out his backstory. I'm like, okay. And the comic, I'm like, I got, I got what a twenty panels with you, and then we're off to something else. Oh, joke. But part of that is also the power of an actor having an actor as opposed to something drawn on a page, because an actor has their face and and has you know action and has you can identify better with a person than you can a picture. I, I and is we, it just me or speaking of actors' faces? Does the utopian the actor that plays utopian not look? Just like Jason Taylor, yeah. our our good friend Jason Taylor. No, he does not. ML. No, he does not. I, I think you should. I think you okay. should pull up, pull this up after that, and I think you should okay. comment on that later because I, I think you'll look at it and be like, "Holy shit!" Especially with the beard. 
but the the thing um we've done this is the 70th episode of graphically novel uh oh, hello i i didn't uh mention that spawn was 69 nice uh <laughs> nice <laughs> uh but essentially at the end of the day what this show is about is interpreting uh you know uh art it is a is a different art form is a media art form and there are bonuses and there are uh, negatives to that uh jen and i just watched uh tom holland was on graham norton uh this week and tom holland was talking about if if he didn't have the Spider-Man mask on and he was acting in the exact same way that he acts in the costume, you would think he was a crazy person. And he said, the reason for that is as an actor, removing my face uh, basically handicaps me by about 75%. You know, 75% of what I'm doing on screen, you can't tell anymore. So all I have left while I'm acting is these wild motions and these, you know, flailing the arms and, and all of this stuff. And he talks about how even Peter Parker, when he's playing Peter Parker, the one thing that he does is his arms are dead at his sides at all times. And when he moves them, he's like basically flopping them around, even as Peter Parker, because when you watch him then as Spider-Man, it looks fluid, um, which is awesome. But at the same time, you don't have that in a comic book. Right. Like, you don't. You don't have, uh, you have a fixed facial expression. And you can do some stuff with that if you're a talented artist, but you don't get movement, which is where nonverbals come from, is, is right. all of your movement. So I'm just always really, uh, at this point, interested in what they're doing with what's on a page and then turning that into how you emote that. Yeah. And you know, the art. The art of Jupiter's Legacy, the the artwork in the comic is I want to say different because it's realistic, right? It's real, it's realism. Oh, it's Frank something or other. Um, quietly, and quietly, it's realistic. Well, but I'm it, not that familiar with as a his as an artist. art in this one. Oh, he did All Star Superman. His art in this one is very 1930s comic. Mm -hmm. It's that very um sort of sketched out watercolor uh stuff it feels yes. very old and i didn't realize that until i like went back to to like think about it but it has a very old quality to it and i think that is a, an excellent way that they subtly placed like you know um that feeling into it mm -hmm. and also subverted your expectations because a 1930s comic may go off the rails but it doesn't go off the rails like that no. right yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. 100% agree. Any other topics for uh, Jupiter's Legacy before we ask our last question? All right, JR, Jupiter's Circle, you've got all of it in front of you. Are you going to continue to read this comic? I think eventually, yes, because now my curiosity is really piqued as to what he does next, right? When he has the chance to go back and say, here's the 60s, here's a really full story of what that generation, of what the kids' generation looks like, and here's the final battle. Um, I feel like I'm interested to see what he does with it. Cause Mark is Mark Miller is, is, and I love the fact that there's no way to pronounce his last name. Um, uh, when he's given a story and he has time to like really flesh it out, he's, he's really good at, at character development and, and, and storyline and plot. 
So it'd be interesting to see what happens when he does have time. Right. Jen? Um, I may, actually, because now I'm really interested in the whole uh, artists being limited and what they do when they're given a little bit more space, you know? So, yeah, I'm, I may actually go out and read some more of this. Fair. I have to. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I'm, I'm caught you up. You need on, to know everything I'm, about this. I'm caught up on all the rest of the reading for the season. I I need to know where, like, there are great big gaps, and I have huge questions. Where did all these other superheroes come from? Besides the direct descendants of the kids, was, was one or two of them just whores? You know? Like, right. How slut shaming. The uh, Captain Kirk. Dudes can be like Cap Captain Kirk. Yeah, they're Captain Kirking <laughs> it. Like, uh, you know, like where did where did Black Star come? Why do we have a fusion reactor and we're still like fighting over anything at this point? Like energy, yeah. free energy to the entire universe. You know, fusion reactor. Like, how are we? Like, I, I have so many questions and they need to be answered. And you know, like, why why did Sheldon have this thing in his head? Yeah, that, oh yeah, that, I would that, love to know where that, that comes from. led him there right. first off, and why isn't it still there? And what are the aliens' motivations? Yeah, right. yeah, where are they going yeah. with this? I will say that I uh, that I was spoiled with Image Comics. So it's an Image and Dark Horse. I mean, my my intro mm -hmm. to comics yes. were Fables, Lock and Key, and then Morning Glories, and um, that was sort of my big three. So my my image comics slash my my intro to comics were long form and they had all the time in the world. Was it Lock and Key IDW? IDW, that's right. Yeah. Um, Lock and like they had all the time. He had seven full graphic novels to go through with that one, and then got right. like side stories to be able to do. Got yeah. spoiled on that. Fables, Fables had th has oh my has, god, like Fables offshoots. Is yeah, well, yeah, is but it had huge. a what hundred and something episodes. Yeah, yeah I mean, 20, 120 issues. Issue run. Right. And then, you know, like, and then they got Beautiful. offshoot. So, so gorgeous. gorgeous and amazing. They, they had time. So yeah. it's very interesting to be uh, on a show commenting on something that I didn't realize that he only had five issues to tell this stupid story. Yeah. And so no wonder everything is at yeah. a lightning bolt speed. And, yeah. and the series right. was, you know, stuck somewhere between the beginning of issue one and the end of issue two, we get the, the TV series. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be the the dissenting opinion here. I will find out from the rest of you, but I'm, you know, for for a comic about a superhero being mentally manipulated into a dystopian arena, I'll just read Injustice again. But see, this is this is my wheelhouse. Yeah. I love the like what's reality and what's not. Right. Like how much of this is actually reality? Like how much is that is this, true? Yeah. You know how much is mental manipulation? How much of this is just someone in their own head? Right. You know. And, and I just I I read a lot of other comics that I feel did it better, and I feel that I can be satisfied with. It's the... not what you like. You don't like like Legion. You don't like like you don't like knowing. What's happening? What's going on? You don't right. like. I don't like being second. confused right. to that level. Right, and I something. do. Yeah, but oh, yeah. I will. I, but I will. I will. I will say, if you know, you can go and hear my episode, my one episode I've done of Right Conversations. I got Mister Miracle, and if you want to talk about Holy upside down shit. and backwards, mm -hmm. you know, and that's and that's the kind of comic that I that I'm with. I'm on mm -hmm. Jin's side. I do like 
one of the things I loved about Morning Glories was that I had no idea where they were going, but it was yeah. all philosophy and like I was like ready. I was in for the mystery. So, um, Mr. Miracle, did you go and read it? Afterwards? I have not read it. I have okay. not read it yet because I am finishing a semester and then there's going to be like lots of comic reading. Um, but Yay! yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to to read Mr. Miracle because I was like, this is whew, madness. some stuff. It's oh, it's madness. madness. Yeah. 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 Was it well, the same kind of madness that Secret Wars was? Because I just got done reading that, and I was like, "No, this is you, a. Are you this kidding is a, me? Secret Wars actually had a a point A to point C plot. Uh, this this Mister Miracle is just Miracles. fucking madness. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. what is even happening? And at the end of it, you know, because uh, I mean, I did write conversations. At the end of it, I was like, when they finished when they finished telling me the plot, I was like, so even at the end, you don't know. If any yeah. of this happened. Right. Yes, it's true. Uh, well, JR, thank you so much for joining us. This uh, this was a treat. Uh, we will definitely have you again, uh, especially once Wicked and Divine becomes a thing. Uh, crazy fangirls squealing over there. Like, yes. like, like if, 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 if I hear like actual um, knowledge of this, become, like, you know, casts and all this other kind of stuff comes I out. I have to be your first contact please yeah um i will we still need to finish reading it like yeah. the whole series but yeah i love it very good um so everyone please uh tune in next time when we will be doing dr strange Ooh. uh getting into one of the the pillar characters uh and first getting time metaphysical yeah first time <laughs> guest rex balboa will be with us as Sweet. well uh so that will be interesting but until my first DM. Yes. Rex Balboa. That's right. <laughs> and until then, take it away, Vandello. Come with me. I'll tell a story that you might have heard before. Graphically novel. But the same old trouble, villains always knocking at the door. Pretty pictures on the page, but nothing ever stays the same. Maybe it's wrong, maybe it's right, but you don't want to see my